0: You're listening to The Classroom Collaborative Podcast with your hosts, Didi Wills,
1: Ed Rock, and Adam Peterson.
0: Here we go. We're so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Classroom Collaborative Podcast. I'm Adam Peterson and super excited to be joined again by my good friend, Didi Wills. Didi, how are you?
1: I am so good. How are you?
0: I'm doing awesome. It's it's getting chilly here in Illinois. Finally, like we had the longest hot hot summer, and and I shouldn't complain about that because I'm not ready for cold weather. But it's it's nice fall weather right now.
1: Well, we're supposed to get snow on Thursday.
0: Oh, that sounds like fun. I know.
1: Yeah. When we're recording this, it's October eighth. Just so you know. So like Thursday would be the tenth, I think. So yeah. Um snow. That's,
0: that's lovely. All right. Well,
1: welcome to Colorado.
0: Golly. <laughs> All right. Well, today we're gonna we're gonna talk about something that, that all teachers uh have experience with, I guess. And in in a way it's becoming more and more uh noticed in classrooms, but honestly a little bit not as well, I guess, if that makes sense. We're gonna talk about technology and the use of yeah. it in classrooms and and um I know that it's kind of one of those roller coaster type things because for a while when I first started teaching it, we we had a computer in our classroom, right? Like that was about it. And then I remember right. when I first got um ipod touches like the little like a small iphone right and with the, the, the coolest things because we could put apps on them for the kids and that was before ipads were even a thing and now right. i really do feel like it's just been these bunny hills of you know something brand new and then it kind of declines because you're getting back to other things then something brand new comes out and then that kind of goes away but
1: right whether we
0: like it or not technology is always going to be a part of a classroom right
1: Right, right. I mean, I have a real love-hate relationship with technology. Like, when it works, it's amazing. When it, right. it, when it doesn't work, um, like, if there was a cartoon thought bubble above my head, it would be, like, complete bad words going all the time. It would just be very similar to the cartoon thought bubble that you would see as I get on an airplane. So, those are the same words that I would be using with technology. But I'm really excited to talk to you about it because, Adam, you – you know, you're significantly younger than I am, so, (laughs) um, well, yeah, so, but I think with that comes with a little bit more comfort level with technology, Um, and as, if you're a mature teacher, such as myself, you know, sometimes, you know, we need to talk with peers who are of a different generation almost, so (laughs) that we can, you know, take on technology and feel a little bit more comfortable, so with that, why don't you start us off, Adam, with your, um, a couple of ideas and we'll just go back and forth.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things too, that I, I didn't really consider myself knowing a lot about this until I go out and speak on it. And then people are like, Oh my gosh, I never thought to do that. And none of this is my idea. Like this is all stuff I've seen people either present on or companies that I found and networked with. And, and honestly, that's one word I use a lot in my technology session is, is network, 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 because when you go out and you just start talking to people about, their brand new idea or the technology they have, they want Mm -hmm. teachers using it, right? So
1: um,
0: those tools are amazing. And I I looked up a quote, so this is a quote that I use in in all of my sessions whenever I mention technology, and it's something that's really, really important to remember on this subject for all of us. And it's the quote is, technology is just a tool. In terms of getting the kids working together and motivating them, the teacher is the most important. And I think that's a really, really important thing to remember. And I think the coolest part about that is who said it. It was said by Bill Gates. And I think. That is good. Mr. Tech himself is still saying the teacher is the most important tool. And I know Bill and Melinda Gates have a huge foundation that supports education, but I think that's a really cool quote when we think about all this brand new stuff coming to us and we have to remember that it is just a tool. It is not, Mm -hmm. it's not the teacher, you know? So I do use iPad apps to reinforce writing skills and practice writing skills, but I'm the one teaching those skills first, right? And, uh, right. I might use an iPad app to, to practice math facts or play a game based on math facts, but I'm still teaching those to the kids first. The, the tech is just a tool just to, as a crayon or a pencil or a, or a marker as a tool. So right. that's, that's a very important thing to remember. So we could talk all day about tech because there's so many different kinds of it out there from iPads right. to, to, to just regular tablets to computers to whatever it may be. But I wanted to focus on a, a few that that I've specifically used in my classroom and absolutely love. And these are tools that go beyond the screen, I guess you could say, because they're, they're meant to be hands-on learning tools. So the first one um, really is just something we, you and I have both talked about a lot before, and it's, it's not really a, a piece of tech for the kids to, to learn with, I guess, unless you dive deeper into it, but it's the app Seesaw. And right. um, when it comes to documenting anything in your classroom, Seesaw is the easiest way to do it. So for those of you who don't know, Seesaw is a free app, and it's basically a digital portfolio. I mean, in its most basic form. Now, there are tons and tons and tons of other add-on features you can do with Seesaw for schools, and there, there's so much to it. But uh-huh. the easiest way to explain it is if Didi and I were working in a classroom together and, and, and let's say um, Didi is the teacher and I am the student, and, and I want to show her something that I did but I know that I can't go interrupt Mrs. Wheels at her table because she's working with a small group of my friends. So with Seesaw, I could go grab a tablet or a phone, whatever it may be. It can be logged in on the same account on multiple devices. And I can go log into Seesaw, click on the app. It's free to use and take a picture. So let's say I've done a ABC letter to sound matching puzzle, right? Well, I can't physically show my teacher that I did that. She has to see it or he has to see it. So with Seesaw, I can take a picture of that puzzle Click on my name after I take the picture and it automatically logs it into my journal inside this this app so that my teacher at a later point can go back and, and check to see that I did it right. Now,
1: right. another
0: cool feature, a lot of people say, well, yeah, they did it, but in a group, you don't know who did it. And well, that's the cool part because there's an audio video feature as well. So I had my students taking that iPad or phone. And if it was that same example, I would actually have them record themselves telling me the letters and sounds they match. So saying "A" is for apple, "B" is for bear, so that I can actually check their thinking and and see that they know that they know what they did, right? Right. Um,
1: right.
0: It's just a cool tool. I don't know if you had experience with it at all in your classroom, DD, or not.
1: Well, I I don't have hands-on, but um, since I've left the classroom, I've seen it used quite a bit. And one of the, a couple of things I was thinking. Um, and I've, and I've seen this it used this way, is oftentimes teachers have a limited number of copies they can make, right? So they are only allowed to have so many copies a year. And so oftentimes some of our center activities that we have have like an exit ticket or a response page where a student is asked to record kind of their learning. And so this would be a great way to use that app. You could slide that response page into like a, a, a page protector. They could write on that response page with a dry erase marker. And then they could shoot a copy of it so that they could have that evidence and that could go into their full folder and then the teacher could go back later and find it. So that was one thing I was thinking um, that if I were in the classroom full time, I would definitely want to incorporate. So anytime we could get rid of you know, all the trees that are being killed, that would be right. amazing. Um, but the other thing, cause you know, I always go back to writing. Um, the other thing I thought would be a great um, way to use it is if the students could record after they finished writing what they wrote about. Because as you know, in kindergarten, oftentimes they have a really hard time remembering. They don't, in my classroom, they didn't ever had a problem remembering what they wrote about. You know, They knew that that piece was about X, Y, Z. But oftentimes, so I encourage them to use some really creative word choice. So oftentimes with that creative word choice, there's a lot of invented spelling. So when it comes back to going back to figure out what they wrote, they're having a hard time coming up with the exact word that they used. Um, so this would be a great way at the end of writing period, they could, you know, record what they worked on that day, add it to their portfolio, and then would have that to go back. It also would be a great way for me to kind of monitor, um, you know, things that are coming in. Right. So that was just, a, those were a couple of things that, that I would see it as a teacher tool. Uh-huh. But then also you said that um, that could be shared with parents as well, right? Yeah, it
0: totally can. So parents can choose the option to have something as soon as their child logs something in their journal, it can send them an email with a link and parents can give feedback on it as well. So yes, I had this little boy um, in my class who built these really, really elaborate block structures all the time. And uh-huh. he always wanted to take pictures of them and he would do it in Seesaw and his mom would see them at the day, you know, if she was at home or at work or whatnot, I'd pop up with the notification and she could send back in the app and say, "Great job, buddy! I can't wait to talk about this at home." And it was such a yeah. cool thing to be able to, you know, at, at recess or at lunch when I drop him off to show him on my phone, like, "Hey, check this out, pal! Look what mom said." And just that in, instant satisfaction of knowing that that right. mom or dad or whoever saw it was was proud of what you did. And it was, it's just a really cool thing. So, I also mentioned that there are added features. So, if you go to Seesaw.me. And um, log in for a free account. The app itself is free. for To do what Didi and I just mentioned, it's it's 100% free. Now, there are added-on things like Seesaw Plus, Seesaw for Schools, that allow you to upload your own activities and kids can draw inside. There, there's There's just too much to talk about in this one little setting. So right. I highly encourage you guys to go check it out. I wish that I had some kind of code to give you, but it's free. So... Um, <laughs> Go so go check it. Here's out.
1: the code. Just get it. Yeah, just try
0: it, and it's and and, it's um, and you download. get it for free
1: with that code. Um, you know what we should maybe think about is see if we could get somebody from Seesaw on. That would be a fun thing to have them talk about that.
0: That would be cool because like I said, there's so much more to it that I haven't yeah. had the personal use with because I just used the free version because it worked for me. So,
1: well, and I think um the thing that I I like one is if it were if it were to keep it just between my four walls of the classroom, that would be a great reason enough to get it. But Um as a parent, you know, parent as partners, we've talked about that before in other episodes of how we want to bring them into our classroom when they may physically not be able to be in the classroom. Um, this really helps um add that communication piece between the home and the school. Um, helps build that relationship. Um, you know, I remember I would pick up the perfect son from school and I say, What'd you what'd you do at school today? He goes, Nothing, you know, (laughs) and every nothing. Oh, my mercy. You know, so this would be a way for parents to really get to see some of the really amazing things that teachers are doing in their classroom every day.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, it, it is a cool tool. So let's move on. I know you you mentioned one that I've had experience with, too, that, that I actually used for some writing yeah. and can be shared with parents. So do you want, to, you want to talk about the first one you you mentioned? It's it's such a fun tool.
1: It is a fun tool. And I think that it's been around for, you know, people pretty much. if They've heard me talk and you talk probably have heard about it. It's called Chatter Picks, like Chatter Chit chatter chatter and then picks, pix p i x. It's a free app as well. Um, I use that um, a different, couple different ways. One way for my students to practice their fluency for the poem of the week. So we would practice the poem all week, and then on Friday we would do a chatter picks, which would always be really very fun. Um, they would be either singing or saying the poem just showing their fluency they practice it all week so that's a really great way so the way that it works is that you take a photograph you can take a picture of anything you could take like I'm right now looking at um you know a can of soda I could take a picture of that can (laughs) of soda draw a mouth on it and then provide an audio um clip for it right there in the app and when I do that then uh then um, it it makes the mouth move. So that's kind of a really cool um, thing. It's very fun. It's very endearing. But what is really awesome is that you can save it as a movie, and then you can can send it out to parents. And they'll think you are the techiest person ever. Like, oh, she must have slaved over that video. (laughs) And it really takes, um, like, no time at all to do. Like 30 seconds. It's
0: Right. I I never thought about taking just just random objects. That's a cool idea, especially for for creative writing. Like, yes, I'm thinking right off the top of my head. Like, like if you were a soda can, or if you if you were trying to convince someone why you were the best soda, you know. So this can yeah. be used at grade level beyond grade level. This isn't just cute little artwork photos. That's a that's right. an awesome idea. Look at you, a random object, and it's like
1: <laughs> every what? once in a while, every what? once in a while, something just floats through the brain. Um, the other thing that you could do is if you're doing reports or nonfiction. Uh, Informational text writing, mm-hmm. um, you know, the student could draw a picture of a polar bear and let the polar bear talk and give the information about polar bears. Um, right. Or, you know, you could, you know, you could even do it for a narrative story, a story from their life. That would be a great way also to, um, you know, just add an element of interest. I wouldn't do it every time because, you know, the novelty is is the thing that we want to have. But right. um, it's a yeah, really I... fun way.
0: I used it as that novel thing too. And, and I always joke that some may, may call this bribery. I call it motivation. I would use it as a tool. Like if you want to use chatter pics today to make your writing or drawing come to life, then you either need to write a really good story or draw a good detailed picture that you can use to talk about in chatter picks. so an example right. that i share in my sessions is during um like president's day unit we were we were doing oh. directed drawings of abraham lincoln and george washington and so good i had done a directed drawing of abe lincoln and i let them all come use chatter picks during a station or i called them over had a parent help and, and te- talk like they were him like tell something about his life that they learned right? right well then when we did our george washington one we all did our directed drawing and then i said all right we're gonna do chatter picks again and, and of course they were all cheering and excited and i said but before you come if you want to use ChatterPix, I need some really good detailed journaling about George Washington you can use to do your ChatterPix tool. So bribe them with that, that little piece, right? And, and we mentioned right. parents, too, because if you download these little videos to your camera roll, you can email them to parents. And I would get requests from parents all the time saying, can you please send home some more of those ChatterPix videos? So they, they really are. They're a lot of fun, and the kids absolutely love them.
1: And it's a it's a keepsake, you know, for a parent, right. like I would give anything to have a picture of the perfect son, you know, a video of the perfect son talking about whatever when he was in kindergarten, first, second grade. That's a really awesome keepsake.
0: Yeah. Uh, you since we talked about your, your dogs before on here, did you, have you ever heard of the app My Talking Pet?
1: <laughs> no, you,
0: you should totally get it. So So My Talking Pet has nothing to do with education, but it's like chatter picks for pets. So you could take a picture of one of your dogs and you can um, like draw the line where their mouth would move but you can also show where their eyes are and it'll it'll make oh their God, like, face like animated as they talk and you can change the pitch of your voice so you can have Ozzy and Harriet saying anything <laughs> that you wanted them y'all to say. I have
1: so much to do but I know I'm doing that today like I, I know, know that's actually gonna happen so. I
0: cannot wait to get a text of that. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be, it's so fun we used to make Peggy the pug videos all the time when Peggy was still oh, I bet
1: Peggy the pug was awesome.
0: It was great. Especially yeah.
1: with her eyes her pug eyes.
0: Oh yeah it's so fun.
1: Oh how funny. Okay what else you got there?
0: All right, so this is a, a company that I, I've talked about a lot um, and I share them everywhere I go. Uh, it's a company called Osmo. And um, when we talked about playing beyond the screen earlier, a, a tools to get kids off of you know, game controllers and that kind of stuff, Osmo does just that. So Osmo is, I mean, their slogan really is learn or play beyond the screen. It's a iPad, iPhone, and um, Amazon tablet add-on those are the three you can access with it right now. So what it is, Osmo is a a bunch of free apps, but you have to purchase their stand and what they call the reflector. And the reflector is basically just a little mirror that goes over the top of your device's camera. Uh And what that does then is as it sits on the stand and children play these different apps and games, all of the apps and games are done with handheld pieces. So for example, the most basic one, and one of the most fun ones actually is an app called Tangrams. Well, instead of you know, dragging oh. puzzles around on a tablet, like yeah. and moving them with your finger, right. the reflector that your iPad is sitting on actually reflects um, real, you know, tactile pieces that the children are using to build tangram puzzles on the table. But that reflector also sees when they get it in the right place, and on screen, it it shows them when they get it right. So it's it's letting them build with their hands, but showing them on screen. And they, like I said, that is the most basic one to mention. But they've got letters and numbers and coding. I mean, it's just an amazing, amazing tool. So playosmo.com. Playosmo.com is where you can find it. There are tons of different kits and add-ons and games and apps, and they've partnered with companies like Disney and Hot Wheels to make games based on those types of toys and characters, and it's it's just a really amazing tool that I found kind of by accident through a Facebook ad um, back in, I think, like 2015. In 2014, they were named as one of the top toy inventions of the year, and it's it just it's just a really amazing tool. So if you if you have not checked it out, listeners, I'm sure a lot of you have them in your classroom or maybe at home with your own kids. Right. But it's it's a really cool tool that really brings learning to life.
1: So cool, so cool. Um, you know, I know we talked about a couple of um, apps and stuff, but I was going to share another um, tech thing that it's actually pretty low tech. It's not like anything that requires. <laughs> It's a, it's kind of a, it's a simple one. It's called books and it starts with a V and it's like, or maybe it's like, maybe it's pronounced Vooks, like books, but it's like V for video. Okay. So they're video books. Okay. Um, and right now, um, in 2019 when we're doing this, they have a free, uh, teachers get a free account, which is kind of cool. Uh, because inside of there, there's tons of books that, um, kids can listen to. So when you sign up for an account, it's just it's basically like a YouTube channel, maybe with all these different books. That's I guess that's the best way to explain it. But they're animated video books. So like yesterday I was working in a classroom and they, I had a little sweet friend who um is on the spectrum. Um, uh, but I asked him to come over and watch this uh a couple of book, books books with me. And when he saw Chicka Chicka Boom Boom, he about lost his mind. I mean I he was so excited. <laughs> so I mean we played it about 27 times um <laughs> yeah, it's it's and then i was singing it like at the grocery store you know yeah so the song will stick with you but they have so many great books in there in fact some of them that are out are pretty new so i think they're adding to their library quite a bit so it's v-o-o-k-s and um, i'm making a list of everything we're talking about so i can put them in the show notes so people can find links All right. so if you're driving don't worry yeah you could go back and find all of these things and um get you the link so that you can get that free account
0: i like that i've never heard of that before so see when you say that yeah who knew but the thing i love about stuff like that and i've I've seen websites that do similar i've never seen this app but is is that when it when it comes to life animated has those songs it really isn't just reading a book to a child but but telling a story And, and i think in turn, and maybe unknowingly, that helps our children become better storytellers too, because they're hearing right. that voice and hearing that rhyme and rhythm, and it's just a, a great way to show them what reading can really look like.
1: Well, I was listening to uh, I was I was reading an article actually, not listening. I was reading an article about um, one of the things that you can help students who struggle. One of the one of the strategies that help for students who have a learning disability in the area of decoding um, is to provide them audiobooks. Yeah, and so, um, something happens, um, in the process of them watching, listening and, um, see, you know, they're using those three senses, right. seeing the hearing. Um, I guess they're not tasting it. Hopefully not. But, um, <laughs> but when that happens, then it triggers another area of their brain. And, and then that, that can be a great strategy for students. So if you have a student who is having a hard time decoding or, um, with their fluency. Listening to audiobooks is a great tool. Um, in addition to that, um, if you're in an upper grade, like second grade or third grade, and you have a student who has a hard time decoding, but you still want them to experience grade level text, that listening is also a great way. So they can, right. they can do all that comprehension work without having to do the, the work of decoding, which is, is going to be important for them. They need to make sure they have that comprehension so that when their decoding catches up, you know, they have that skill as well. That's a great
0: idea. Yeah, I like that. Um, all right. I, I've got another one, and this kind of takes us away from, from the tablets and, and the screens, and uh, it's using robots in your classroom. Oh, cool. Uh, I, I had a couple different options that I used. One, one of them that is, is tablet-based is, is these robot pair that I'm sure everybody's seen called Dot and Dash. They're these blue and orange little robots. You can get them, I think, on Amazon or any store, but they're coding robots that, that start basically and these are why they're, they're good for little ones to start with. They start basically as a remote-controlled robot. I mean, it, it teaches the kids how to drive them around using an iPad or a phone. Um, but, it, but it builds up to the point where they're building coding sequences to get these robots to perform different tasks. So they sell, um, like, a xylophone kit with them, and you can actually code it to play a song.
1: Oh, how they're, fun. They're pretty
0: cool. And, and I use those a little bit in my classroom. But one that I use quite often um, is another coding robot called BeBot. And I, I think – I think it's from Lakeshore, um, oh, if okay. I don't remember right, but BeeBot, and it really does just look like a little bumblebee. But the cool thing is there, there's no screen involved at all. It's all hands-on learning, and it really forces the kids to think about the step-by-step process that they need to make this robot do whatever it is. So when you look at BeeBot, if you've ever used it before, you, you look it up online, it's got a series of buttons on the bee's back and there are different directional arrows and then a button like okay or go or clear, something like that, right? So the kids have to, um, be, here, here's how I used it in my classroom. The kids would build mazes. So like I would build mazes out of my blocks and they would build mazes around the, the carpet or wherever they were. And they would have to get this robot from one end of the maze to the other by telling it what to do, not coding it, but telling it what to do. So they would push forward and it would go forward that much, but it wouldn't go, all the way until a new wall so then i have to tally mark how many times it have to make it go forward before they made it turn left or right and then how many times they might have to go left or right before they made it go forward whatever it may be right so right. i just made a little recording sheet where my kids were marking down how many times forward how many times left how many times backward whatever it was that they had to do to get it to the end of the maze then they go back and they actually check that thinking because they have to type all those directions in and then hit go. So if, it, if they had to hit forward five times, and then left once, and then right once, and then forward four times, and they had that check down, when they went back to the start of the maze, they'd take their little robot and they'd type in one, two, three, four, five, forward, one left, one right, one, two, three, four, forward, go, set it down. And they'd actually see if their coding sequence they built or checked. Right. Is correct. So it's, it's, determining how the sequence needs to work and then checking to see if you got it right and restarting and, and problem solving. So I love, love, love that tool because kids would spend forever at this, but the, the thought process when you got to step right. back and watch as a teacher was really, really pretty cool because it, it was just amazing to see their little minds working their wheels, turning to figure out, all right, I know that this needs to go here. So right. try this and this and this, but where did we mess up the chain and how are we going to fix it? And right, it's a pretty cool little tool.
1: It's a really cool tool. And it's also thinking about the power of estimation, right? Mm -hmm. Estimating, um, you know, forming a hypothesis and checking it. Um, All of those things are happening, you know, as you were talking about, that's, those are things that were happening in my mind. Counting also, you know, counting, keeping track, um, recording data, all of those things are are really cool skills. Um, And it's almost like you're tricking kids into, you know, a learning activity. Exactly. um, Which is, is the best kind of activity, right? That's the best way to go. Right. Yep. Um, okay. I thought of one more. And so the next one I wanted to talk about was called reading eggs. So it's like reading a book and then eggs as in like something that came from a chicken. Um, so that's, that's the one that I loved. Um, it is not cheap. It is a costly program. Um, so it's more of like something that if your school has technology money to look into, but basically what it is, is that each student is tested on a computer screen. They go through a a series of questions. And then based on that, um, they're placed on a map. Um, And every student starts at a different map. So, you know, I might start at map two. Um, Another student might start at map 13 because they have more skills than I do. Um, And then they just work through these like computer games, basically computer games that are learning based. Um, ELA is what Reading Eggs is. And then they have a math version called Math Seeds like something you would plant in the ground seeds. Um, And it's also great. But again, these are not, I I think they, I think they exceed um, classroom budgets. It might be something, I mean, it's, it's, it's an investment and it's an every year investment. So, but you know, my district paid for it because they had technology money. And so that's how we chose to spend it. I would much rather spend it on that than something that I'm like, uh, no, Um, it's fun. The kids loved it. We would have you know, computer time once a week um plus additional computer time each day as a center activity option. Um, and so we were able to work on it quite a bit. plus they could take the login home and parents could use it as well.
0: That's a good one. yeah, I, my, I know it was on devices in our school um, and our kid I know my son and my daughter have used it quite a bit at, at school, so I, I don't have a lot of personal experience, but I have seen uh-huh. it used and it is a really, really cool tool. I don't know yeah. The cost behind a dollars how that works. But it, yeah, it's a really neat tool. I did not know there's a math one. That's, that's cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Very cool. All right. Um, there's, a, there's another one that I, I just thought of. And, and I know that DD and I had kind of talked about this beforehand, but I kind of want to, we'll mention it now, but I kind of want to save this and maybe bring the creator of this on for an episode. It's, it's a company called Alive Studios. Oh, yes. Augmented reality company. And I kind of feel like that could be an episode on its own for all of you. I agree. Um our friend Cynthia can can describe it so much more than we can, and there's a lot to talk about right. with it. So right. I think we'll plan that for the future. But if I you're agree. if you're interested, we'll we'll talk about it then. And then before we go, um our favorite piece of technology for assessing we've talked about before ESGI Software.com. Yeah. Um we did that a couple episodes back where we talked about um Beneficial assessments for students. So, uh-huh. if you have not yet checked that out, check out that episode and then visit esgisoftware.com. DD and I have a promo code that will save you some money on your first year. Uh-huh. the Code is podcast. P O D C A S T. And uh, check it out. It's just a great way to assess your students using uh, a piece of technology that that right. can streamline that process.
1: Right. It really helps you target your instruction for the student. Yeah. So. Um, it is if if you can't get anything else, that's the one to get. That's the I, one to I, get, right? Yeah, that's the one to get.
0: <laughs> All right,
1: oh, where Look, we are at I the end. end.
0: I love those ideas. I want to go yeah. check out that that Vooks or whatever it's called with. with oh my gosh, it's really it.
1: good. It's really good.
0: Awesome. Well, well, listeners, if you guys have any ideas too and want to share them on social media with with DDRI, or um, I at Mrs. Wills Kindergarten or at teachers learn to share some ideas with us, some tech that maybe you've used in your classroom that you know we could use with students, with schools that we're working with. We we love always trying new ideas and hearing what you guys have to say. And as always, thank you for listening. Didi, I'll talk to you soon.
1: Absolutely. Talk to you soon. Bye guys. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the Classroom Collaborative Podcast.
0: If you are enjoying these episodes, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you are finding them.
1: And share and rate it so others can find it as well. We'll
0: see you guys on the next episode. Thanks for listening.
1: Bye.